Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. This morning, I would like to continue the message regarding ruling and reigning. I have two chapters to go. We have been teaching this message for eight chapters. But each chapter, it took me about two times. And I'd like to encourage all of you to get the MP3 or CD to listen to this teaching series and practice it. I think it's one of the key teaching for living a victorious life on earth here. Everyone say ruling and reigning. Everyone says dominion. Everyone says authority. Congress. How many people want to be a conqueror? How many people want to live a victorious life? Amen. So God has shown us in the Scripture that we can rule and reign in this life, and God gives us principle of how to rule and reign. I have given many principle already in the past eight chapters. Today, the chapter nine, and we're going to talk about fellowship and bonus. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to 17. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. The Bible says clearly that because man rebelled against God, sinned against God, death reigned in all over the world. That's why when you look at the news in the TV, you read newspaper, you can see a lot of problems in the world right now. Calamity, hurricane, people die, mudslide, sickness and disease, cancer, broken home, broken relationships, kids get into trouble, drugs and pornography and all this stuff in the world are the form of death. Death spread to all men. Because of sin. For until the law, sin was in the world, and sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, or even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come, which means Jesus. But the free gift is not like the offense. So we have two things here, sin and death. And then we talk about free gift from God, which is not like the sin or the offense. For if by the one man's offense, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Who does the Bible talk about here? 
who is reigning in life on earth. We don't need to wait to go to heaven to reign. We can reign in life right now on earth. Who is the Bible talking about? The Bible talking about those who believe in Jesus and receive the abundance of grace from the Holy Spirit. We have the grace of God upon our life. And the gift of righteousness through His sacrificial death on the cross. And then we can reign in this life. Let me ask you this question one more time. If you are a believer, can you reign in this life? Yes or no? Is this scripture for you or for only Apostle Paul? It's for you and me, for every one of us. If you look back in the book of Genesis, when God created Adam and Eve, God said that God gave them a dominion to rule in this world. But unfortunately, Adam and Eve sinned against God. They nailed down to the devil and gave that dominion authority to the devil. So they handed authority to the devil. And since then, since Adam's sin, the devil who have brought death into the world reign all over the world. That's why the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible calls Satan the God of this world or the God of this age, but small g, not capital G. He is the God of this world. He is controlling the world because man allow him to control them and death rule and reign in the world. But thank God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, who never sinned, who died on the cross, when we put our faith in Him, we receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. We get the dominion back through Jesus, through faith. And then we can rule and reign like Adam before he sinned against God again. Is it wonderful that we can rule and reign in this life? When we read this story about Adam and Eve, we learn something about how we relate to God. When the Lord gives us something, you need to understand that we have freedom of choice to use the things that we get from Him. If He gives you money, you have the choice how to use the money. He gives you dominion and authority. He gives you the choice how to use the dominion and authority. God gives us ability, money, time, education, job, all the things that we have in this life. We have to make decision whether we're going to use those things for His glory, or we're going to use those things for sin. is our decision. If we use those things for sin, Satan will control us again. And then we're going to live in death. We're going to be in trouble. But if we are using those things for the glory of the Lord, for the, for the kingdom of God, what happened? God will give us abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness to reign in this life. Therefore, money itself is not evil. Money is not evil, but the love of money is evil. God can give you $100,000, of dollars, millions of dollars, but sometimes God dare not give it to you because He knows if you get it, you're going to spend on the wrong thing. So He has to hold back. So the key of prosperity, the key of victory in the area of finances is to make a commitment with God that every penny that you get, you're going to use it for the kingdom. And He can trust you more so that He can give you more money 
to be able to spend. It's an issue of the heart. How you manage money? Do you love money or you love God more than money? Everyone say the love of money is evil, but money itself is good. Amen. My prayer every day is that our members will be well to do financially. We will have more than enough to spend and to preach the gospel and to do the right thing. Some people say, "I want to go all over the world to preach the gospel," but they don't even have enough money to put the gas in their tank. How are you going to go all over the world to preach the gospel if you don't even have money to fill up the tank in your own car? Preaching the gospel still need finances. In order for God to trust our finances, how we spend the finances, we need to be faithful in how to use the finances in the right way. Amen. Don't spend money in the wrong way. Or just abuse it. God give me, I can just use whatever I want. I don't care. You need to be a good steward. You need to use money correctly. Jesus came and got back the authority, and then He gave us the authority as well. If you study the four gospel, you can see that why Jesus was walking on earth. He was reigning and ruling all the time. He was not under the devil's feet. He was not controlled by the devil. He was overcoming all kind of temptations. When he spoke to the tree, the tree listened to him. When he spoke to the fever, the fever listened to him. When he spoke to demons, only one word: demon has to leave. When he spoke to the wind, the wind stopped. He was ruling and reigning in his life, and he was doing all those things not because he was God. He was doing all those things because. He was walking as a man. Yes, he was God, but the Bible said that when he came into the world, he laid aside all the glory and power back in heaven. So he came into the world as a human being. So when he was performing miracles and living in this life on earth here with ruling and reigning authority, he was doing it as a man like you and me, as a human being, but anointed by the Holy Spirit. The book of Philippians, chapter two, verses five to seven. I read from King James version. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, though it not. Lawbury to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. So when Jesus came into the world, he took the form of a man without power. You notice that the first thirty years of his life, he did not perform even one miracle, until he was filled with the Holy Spirit at the Jordan River. Then he was a man anointed by the Spirit, and he began to rule and reign in life. He began to cast out demons and perform a lot of miracles. So this gives us a lot of hopes. Why? Because if Jesus set us a good example that he can rule and reign as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, we can, as man or human. Rule and reign by the anointing of the Holy Spirit as well, and that's what Jesus promised the church in John chapter fourteen, verse twelve. I tell you the truth: anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. If Jesus performed the miracle as a God, then it's hopeless for us. 
to perform miracle because we are not God, but because Jesus performed miracles and rule and reign in His earthly life as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, we have such a great possibility and great responsibility to do the works that He did. The works of ruling and reigning over the devil, over sickness and disease, over the curses and bondages, and any power of darkness. So we are going to rule and reign by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Every born again, blood washed, spirit filled Christian, anointed by the Spirit of God, who understand the authority of the name of Jesus, can rule and reign. In this life, Amen. Let me repeat one more time. Every born again believer, blood washed, spirit filled, and know who they are in Christ, can rule and reign in this life. Jesus was not under the enemy's control; he was walking in dominion, and the way he walked is also the call, the inheritance, and the privilege. Of every believer, before Jesus went up to heaven, he said that all authority has been given to me. You go out and preach the gospel all over the world. So, in other words, he said, all the authority that has been given to me, I give that to you. I authorize you to do the same thing that I did. And he said, you can do even greater work than this. I kind of understand why we can do greater work because. We have better technology than Jesus' age. I don't mean that we can do better job than him, but we can do more. So nowadays we can send CD and MP3 all over the world. We have podcasts, we have video in the website. People can watch all over the world. We can get more outcome than Jesus because of the technology in this age. It doesn't mean that we have more anointing than Jesus. He has the anointing without limit. Amen. But the Bible says that God never changes. The Holy Spirit never changes. The Word of God never changes. But why there is different level of anointing, different level of the presence of God and the revelation and the miracle in different group of people in the world or different churches? Why so different in between churches and between ministry? And I want to tell you why. Not that God is changing or God doesn't honor His own word. But the factor is that some people are hungry and want to learn more and want to grow, but some people are not hungry and they are satisfied with what they have. When you are not hungry, you don't want to learn more. You don't grow in faith, and you don't understand more. Some people are very gentle and very submissive and yielded to the things of God, but some people are very stubborn and hard-headed. So God can work through submissive person more than the hard-headed person. Some people open more to the things of God, but some people are very close and say, "I don't want anything more than this. I'm get used to my church tradition. Anything more than what I get used to, I don't want to be open to." Some people are very receptive, and some people very against something new that they want to learn from the Scripture. So in each meeting, the Holy Spirit is moving in each person's life. God is doing the work according to your heart's condition. I give you example. 
I conduct revival meetings a lot, and in each meeting, I see different level of anointing. If 90% of people are very cold, very resistant, very doubtful, and come into the meeting with the attitude of challenging the anointing, not much happen. But if 90% of people are very open, very receptive, very hungry for the things of God, the 90% will run over the 10%, and God is going to move strongly. And that's the reason why we need to preach the Word of God to prepare the heart of people before we start to move in the Holy Spirit. So people will be open in their heart to receive. If people close their heart, God cannot do anything much to them because it depends on the condition of the heart. Even Jesus could not perform a lot of miracles in his own hometown named Nazareth. And the Bible says because they don't have faith, because they have the familiarity with Jesus. They did not look at Jesus as an anointed man of God, so they just looked down on Jesus, and nothing happened to their life. They missed a lot of blessing because of their heart attitude. This is an introduction. Today, I want to teach you another principle of how to rule and reign in this life. When you want to say something to the mountain, what you're going to do in each situation in your life, how to rule and reign in this life. Let's look at the story of Paul in Acts chapter 16. Verse 16, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination, mean fortune telling, met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Paul and his fellow workers went out on a mission trip to preach the gospel to the cities that never heard the gospel. And when he came to this city, a girl who was a medium for a spirit of divination of fortune telling, came to them, the whole team. If we call today who she is, we call her a psychic. She was a psychic. She made a lot of money for her bosses, her masters. Therefore, be careful, don't call the psychic hotline. Because if you call the psychic hotline, you are asking demons to tell you about your future. And you don't want the demon to tell you about your future. You only want God to tell you the future. Amen? Don't get involved in psychic. Don't get involved in palm reading, in horoscope. The only person that you want to get the information from is God. People who call the psychic hotlines are those who don't know God or don't understand who God is. You don't want demon to tell you what to do because you're going to get into trouble. Demons are liars. Satan is the father of lie. They're going to lie to you. They will tell you wrong things. And you follow them, you're going to get into trouble. So don't call the psychic hotline. Don't go into palm reading. Amen? God can tell you what to do. And we're going to go on that later on. So, at that time, this woman make a lot of monies, make a lot of profits to the masters because she has the spirit of divination. In America, we don't see much casting out demons in the church because everything is about mental. We need to have a nice service, nice program, nice clothes, nice preaching. 
Everything is about soothing people' mental feeling. Oh, it's so good, good message. But if Jesus walk into the church in America, I believe a lot of members will leave the church because he's gonna cast out demons. He's gonna perform miracle. People gonna jump up from the chair and dance and run around. So we need to be spiritual church. We need to understand that our enemy is not just the flesh and blood, but our enemies are spiritual. They are evil spirits. They are real, and evil spirits are real. Amen. We need to cast them out from people, and people will be changed. Amen. Acts chapter sixteen verse seventeen. This girl followed Paul and us, and cried out, saying, "These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation." Did she speak the truth about Paul? Yes. But I believe Paul. And you, and I don't want the devil to testify about ourselves. We don't want the devil to testify. This girl is yielding to a spirit, evil spirit. It's a wrong spirit, and she was able to prophesy. She was able to speak from the spirit inside her, which is a wrong spirit. She deceived people that. The spirit in her that prophesies is the same spirit that Paul had. This is a cunning way. It's very deceitful. She want to deceive everyone that I have the same God as Paul had. That's why she said the right thing, but actually it's very cunning, very lying. Amen. So you need to understand one thing about the devil. The devil and demons will try to mimic everything that God has. They will try to produce a false copy of God. We call counterfeit. I watch certain YouTube in certain meeting, and when I look at that, I know right away that is not the Holy Spirit. We need to be careful because I saw some voodoo preacher who can lay hand on people and produce some sign, some manifestation, but that is a voodoo. That is demonic spirit, not the Holy Spirit. We have to be careful when you get into certain meetings, and you need to check whether that meeting was led by the spirit of God or led by demonic spirit. Amen. Don't follow every sign and wonder around you, because they can come from demon as well. What we need to do as Christians when we deal with the spiritual thing, we need to judge and discern whether the word, whether the manifestation. Or anything that happened around us is from God, the Holy Spirit, or from demonic spirit. First Corinthians chapter two verse fifteen says, "But he who is spiritual, actually, what it means is he, a Christian, who is led by the Spirit, who is controlled by the Spirit of the Living God, judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. What does it mean here?" It means that if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are led by the Spirit. You can discern what's going on around you, whether the spirit behind the activities or the words come from the human spirit, or comes from the Holy Spirit, or come from demonic spirit. We need to discern. We need to judge. But at the same time, other people cannot judge you because you are like an eagle. And you soar with the wind of the spirit, that no one can detect what you're gonna do next. No one can 
guess what you're going to do next because you keep flying and soaring with the spirit of the living God. No one knows what you're doing and they don't understand what you're doing because you are led by the spirit, not by human reasonings, not by any mind or head, but by the spirit of the living God on the inside of you. I'm trying to teach you to protect you here that you need to discern every word that comes out even from my mouth. You need to discern every word that comes from every preacher, every sentence that the preacher say on the pulpit. You need to be careful and don't swallow everything he says, even I. If I say it wrong, don't swallow. How do you do it? By knowing the word and by yielding to the Holy Spirit. God gives us two things to be able to judge whether the word or whether the manifestation is of God or of demonic spirit or not. He gives us two things, the word of God and the spirit of God. You can judge every word that comes out from every preacher's mouth, every word of prophecy, every tongue and interpretation, every vision and every dream, and I don't care who they are, I don't care how much you love them, I don't care how, much, how famous they are, they may have a big ministry in the world, they may have the biggest church in the city, they may have spectacular experiences with God, they may even perform signs and wonders in front of you, but you take every word they say, every prophecy they speak, and take it to the Word of God, and match to the Word of God. If it's not in the Word, it is not according to the Word of God, you say, sorry, I reject it. Period. Amen? I'm trying to protect you. You are not following a man. You follow God. And not only using the Word, but you check with the Holy Spirit inside your spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you whether this is right or wrong or not. You may say, but he is a prophet. Prophets can miss it. I want to tell you the truth. One time, a person came into our church and claimed to be a prophet. This person said she meet Jesus in her bedroom and talk to Jesus all the time and come and tell us that Jesus is going to come back in three years. And one day I walk out to that door. And this person come to me, Pastor Lau, God told me right now you have to sell everything, quit your job and go to Japan. And in my spirit, the Holy Spirit haven't told me. I'm sorry, I don't think this is from the Holy Spirit. I, I will explain to you. A prophet may start out in the ministry very good, only God. But as time goes by, the pride come up. And that prophet can have a mixture of his own Message and God's message. And by the end of his ministry, all the messages are from him. Because he said, if you can come in right now and give me $500, I will have a word for you. If any prophet say that to you, don't go to that prophet. You cannot buy God with $500 for a prophetic word. There's no way. God is not controlled by your money. Some Christians' life are ruined by wrong or false prophecies, big time. I know one man in Thailand who false prophet tell him that he need to sell everything and move to the south part of Thailand and his life is in miserable right now. 
because he lost everything by that false prophecies. You have to be very careful. A Christian who practice this way, you have to be careful. Thus say the Lord, you are supposed to marry so and so. Thus say the Lord, you are supposed to be, be a missionary over there. If somebody come to you like that and says, "Thus say the Lord," you have to be careful. Many baby Christians gravitate toward words of prophecy that come from somebody, and they hope that he will call me out and lay hand on me and give a word of prophecy over me. <laughs> If you have that kind of attitude, you have to be careful. You can be in a trap of the devil to get a wrong and false prophecy. I want to tell you the best way to live. Okay, the best way to live is not looking for a prophet. A best way to live is not looking for the word of prophecy. The best way to live is that God talk to you directly. Don't look for word of prophecy. Don't try to get somebody prophesize over you. If God speak to you through somebody else, this is what you need to do. You need to check it. Check the word with the Bible. Two, you need to check with the Holy Spirit on the inside you. If that person asks you, that prophet asks you, "Will you judge my prophecy?" You answer, "Absolutely." And if that person get mad at you that you judged his prophecy, you know right away that is not a right prophet. Be careful! Don't let anybody give you prophecy personally. If you come, somebody gonna give you prophecy personally, you say, "Okay, I need a well, a witness. My pastor come here. We're gonna listen together." Prophecy must be judged because it can come from he was eating too much pizza last night. And he has bad stomach deal, so he want to say something out of his stomach. You need to judge every word of prophecy. If I give you word of prophecy, okay, even I, as a pastor of the church, give you the word of prophecy, and you feel in your spirit that this is wrong, you don't take it, don't swallow it. You judge my prophecy as well. Every prophet or everyone who give word of prophecy must be willing to surrender to the judging. Of other people, that the prophecy is real or not. Amen. Don't be confident in this sentence. God told me. We must judge everything that you hear, whether it come from God or not. Take every word to the Bible. Take every word to check with the Holy Spirit. Check it out. If it's not biblical, don't swallow it. Amen. The Holy Spirit will give you confirmation. Let me explain to you why I say all these things. Because the prophets in the Old Testament are not the same as the prophet in the New Testament. The prophet in the Old Testament has to work in the we call directive way, giving direction. Why? Because God's people in that generation, before Jesus came, before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God's people did not have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was with only the kings, the priests, and the prophets. God's people did not have the Holy Spirit. But today, every believer has the Holy Spirit, so you can go directly to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit what He need to say to you. So the 
work of the prophet in the New Testament is more on confirmation. What does it mean? God speak to you first. You hear the voice of God, and then that person come and confirm that yes is right. Amen. Some prophet come to me and say this and that, and I'll just put that in the shelf because God hasn't talked to me. I'm not gonna f- live my life or act on the prophecy. I'm not moved by the prophecies. I'm gonna go with what the Holy Spirit tell me. But if it's confirmed, thank God, and I keep going with the Holy Spirit tell me. Everyone say confirmation, not direction. If people come to you and give you direction all the time, be careful. That might not be the real prophet. Look at verse 18 to 20. Acts chapter 16, 18 to 20. Continue the story. And this she did for many days. Everyone say many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, "I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her." And he came out that very hour. So Paul cast out that demon out of her. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, "These men, being Jews, exceeding trouble our city." Her master were very mad because she could not practice fortune telling any longer. She talked about Paul for many days. The question is, why didn't Paul stop her the first day? The question is, why didn't Paul cast out demon the second days? Why did not Paul do something the third day? Why many days? This is a good question. Was Paul a godly man? Was Paul an anointed man? Did Paul know about ruling and reigning? Did Paul know how to cast out demons? Did Paul understand about the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness? Did he know that he has authority in the name of Jesus? It's an interesting question. Why didn't he do that the first day, second day, and third day? I want to explain to you. In the body of Christ, we have to be careful to walk on the road of the truth. Many Christians fall into one dish. You know the dish on the side of the road, or fall into another dish of the road. When we talk about ruling and reigning or exercising authority, one group of Christians fall into one side of the dish of the road. This is what they think and they say: God knows everything. God can do everything. I don't need to do anything at all. Let God do whatever He wants. Leave it up to God. I'm not involved. There is one dish. Christian just let the devil hit right and left, put sickness and disease and problem, and they just sit there. God, when you gonna help me? God, you can do all these things. When you gonna help me? They keep waiting on God to help them without doing anything. That is one dish. On another side, another dish is that I have authority. I can claim the name of Jesus anytime I want. I gonna do whatever I want. I don't care what God want to do. I gonna do my way. I can speak anything I want right now. That is another dish, which is wrong. Let me make a conclusion. Why didn't Paul command the devil out that day, the first day? Because 
we cannot successfully rule and reign and exercise faith without being led by the Spirit of God. Don't try to exercise your authority without being led by the Spirit of God. If you try to do that, it will cause a lot of confusion, reproach, embarrassment, a lot of criticism. i give you an example. You cannot walk into a restaurant and jump up on the table of the restaurant and say, I cast out all the demons right now from everybody. If you do that, people will say, oh, this is a jerk. He's a nut from that spirit-filled church. And no demon come out. Because God has not told you to jump up on the table and cast out demons. Oh, this side of the dish that people just do whatever they want, they will walk into the hospital, grab the hand of the paralyzed man, and say, in the name of Jesus, you have to walk right now and pull that person out of the bed. And the person drop on the ground. And then the nurse in the hospital, oh, this is a nut Christian coming again. This is so religious and spiritual. It hurts them, it hurts the patient, and it hurts the name of God. Because they are not led by the Spirit. Amen? This kind of wrong practice does not rule out the fact that we have authority. Does not rule out the fact that we can rule and reign. But how can we rule and reign? We need to rule and reign and exercise authority by the leading of the Spirit of God. That's why Paul did not exercise authority the first day, the second day, and the third day. He was waiting until the Spirit of God said, go for it. Then he did. Everyone see the picture? This is the message to take home. You exercise authority by the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need to learn how to be hooked up to the Holy Spirit and listen to the Spirit of God. I know we are humans. I miss it many times in my life. I make mistakes, and I learn, and I repent, and I say, God, I don't want to do that again. I become more and more mature each year to understand how to walk with the Spirit of God. I think if you learn that, you will going to go mature and learn how to walk with the Spirit of God, little by little. Amen? Don't come to the point that you don't exercise your authority anymore. You do it, but you need to listen to the Spirit of God. This truth explains why Paul did not take care of the situation the first day. In Acts chapter 16, on the first day, he did not do anything. He waited until the Holy Spirit said, do it. Sometimes, the Holy Spirit may say to you, shut up and don't say any word. Somebody may come to you and say, talk, 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 talk. And your flesh say, I gotta do something right now. And the Holy Spirit say, No, not the time. Just keep your mouth shut. Just listen. Do nothing. Wait for the right timing. Maybe two months later. Maybe five years later. God's timing, not your timing. Amen? Listen to the Holy Spirit. At that time, the news went out and I believe the master were very mad because they lost the business big time because Paul knew how to exercise his authority. Amen? Hallelujah. I have another story to tell, which is good too, about how to exercise authority from the life of the Apostle Paul. Okay, 
We come back and learn more how to be led by the Spirit, how to walk in the supernatural. Next time, when we come back to this subject, but today I want to remind all of you that number one, you can rule and reign in this life, and you rule and reign by speaking to the situation by faith, and you speak at the right timing when the Holy Spirit says yes. I think I gave this example to you a few times that I tried to sell my house, and I could not sell. And I I just keep waiting and praying and could not sell. I was really frustrating for a few months until one day, while I was standing in my kitchen, and I still remember I put my hand like this on the counter in the kitchen. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit came upon me, and said, "I give you faith right now, and you speak to that house to be sold within six weeks." And I did. I say, in the name of Jesus, that house is sold six weeks and this price. This is the house long time ago, not current house, not not lately. Okay, this is about ten years ago. Within six weeks, I got the money I wanted, and the house was sold because I spoke to the problem at the right timing that God spoke to me. Sometimes you wait for the right timing to say something. God can tell you what to say. Be led by the Spirit. Everyone say, "Being led by the Spirit." How many people want to be spiritual people? Led by the Spirit. Amen. How many people want to rule and reign in life? How many people want to be careful now that you are not led by words of prophecy from a person? Amen. Don't join the group. There are many groups of Christians are looking. For special men and women that have so much spiritual life, that this person can come to God and listen to the message, and this person will come to that person and say, "Could you tell me right now what God tell you about me?" That is practicing for June Taylor. Don't go to those kind of things. Our church has to go to train you up in the Word. And filled with the Holy Spirit, that you don't need to call me at 2 a.m. anymore. You don't need to go to any prophet to ask for any word of prophecy. You can hook up to the Holy Spirit yourself and ask God what God wants you to do that day. My job is not make you depend on me, but my job is to make you grow up, that you can hook up to God yourself. Amen. You need to go to the church where you are trained to be able to hook up to the Holy Spirit yourself. And depend on the Holy Spirit, Amen. You need to grow up. Everyone say, "Grow up." I need to grow up. I need to know the Word. I need to know the Holy Spirit. So we continue next time. God, how you can be led by the Spirit of God? I will show you many scripture in the Bible. How many people want to learn more? Don't miss the church. I will not tell you which Sunday I will teach this. Otherwise, you pick and choose which Sunday you're gonna come. <laughs> Praise God, Hallelujah! Anyone in this room don't have relationship with Jesus Christ? You may have gone to church, but you don't have Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord. All these things that I talk about cannot be reality until you have a relationship with Jesus. I want to 
encourage you to invite Jesus to come into your life and start to walk with Him. It's about relationship. You are not coming to church to seek religion, but you have a personal relationship with the Lord yourself, and the Lord will guide you, will tell you what to do. He will help you, starting from giving your life to Him and receive His grace and His righteousness. If you want to do that, I'd like to lead you in prayer. How many people want to have that relationship with Christ? Raise your hand up. You say, God, I want to have relationship with you. Raise your hand up. Why don't you pray with me? Father in heaven, I don't want to run my own life anymore. I need you. I have made mistakes. I have blown it. I need your help. Please forgive my sin, Lord. Lord Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. You are my Lord and my Savior. You were raised from the dead. Raised from the dead on the third day. On the third day. Come into my life right now. Come into my life right now. I give my life to you. Give my life to you. From now on. From now on. You will lead me. You will lead me. I will obey you. I will obey you. I want life. I want life. I don't want death. I don't want death. I received. I received abundance of grace. Abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness. And the gift of righteousness. And the ruling authority. And the ruling authority. From you. From you. From now on. From now on. Satan. Satan. And demons. And demons. And death. And death. Cannot rule over me. Cannot rule over me. Because I'm a child of God. Because I'm a child of God. I walk with Jesus. Walk with Jesus every day. Every day, Lord, Lord, teach me, teach me, show me, show me how to be led by the Spirit of God. How to be led by the Spirit of God. Teach me Your Word. Teach me Your Word. Help me to be sensitive. Help me to be sensitive to Your Holy Spirit. To Your Holy Spirit, so that I can discern. So that I can discern what is right. What is right? What is wrong? What is wrong? I will not follow every word. Follow every word that human tried to tell me. That human tries. But I will follow. I will follow your Bible. Your Bible. And what the Spirit of God. And what the Spirit of God tells me what to do. Tells me what to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The reason we have the church because a lot of people are new believers. And they cannot; they don't know the word yet. They don't know the Holy Spirit yet. The church is like a family with a lot of mature believers who can help the young believers to grow up. So, if you are young believers in the church and you heard something, you have a dream, you have a vision, or somebody prophesies over you, and you're not sure whether it's come from the Lord or not, we have the church and the pastor. That can pray with you and help you to discern that that is from God or not, because you are young. That's why when you are babies, three months, six months, you need parents to help you. The same thing. A lot of people are baby Christians. They need mom and dad and older brother in the church to help and guide and show you the way. That's why we have the church. Amen. Being a Christian without 
joining a good local church is dangerous because you can be deceived by the enemy without knowing yourself. You just just blindly deceived by the enemy. You need good shepherd who will lead you to the way of the Lord. Amen. And another reason why we our church love to lay hand and impart the spirit of God because the more you are filled. The more you learn to connect to the Spirit in the meeting, the easier for you to be led by the Spirit instead of being led by programs and reasoning and man's idea or your head. You don't want to be led by your head because your head may be wrong. Is that right? You have some background. Some background really hurt you. I have backgrounds. My background is that man can have many wives. That's my background. When I grew up in Thailand, men can be flirting and have a lot of women. If I led by my head, I'm gonna be in trouble. I will cheat my wife. But I need to be led by the Spirit and by the Word of God. Then it will be saved. Amen. Don't be head Christian. Be spiritual Christian. Christian that led by the Spirit, not by the head. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you happy? You learned something today. How many people are gonna put this into practice? Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't be just the hearer of the word, but be doer of the word. Practice what you learn. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only son. Bring me your tired, you said. Your glory.